Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of Jeff Does Vegas. As we approach the end of 2023 and get set to head into the holiday season, I thought it was important to take a little bit of one-on-one time with you guys, the good listenership of the podcast, and get you all updated on what's been going on with the show over the last little while and what's going to be happening with it over the next little while. So that is exactly what we're going to do here in this little fireside chat. We're going to recap some of the most recent episodes of the podcast in case you missed out on some stuff or you want to go back and re-listen to some of those. Going to talk about my next planned trip to Las Vegas, which, fingers crossed, is going to be happening in mid-December. Tell you what I've got planned for that. Going to share some exciting information on a relaunch of a podcast that I worked on a while ago that's Vegas-related that's going to be coming back in 2024. Very, very exciting stuff there. And I'm going to let you know on what we've got planned here for Jeff Does Vegas as we make our way through the rest of 2023 and we head into the new year. So without any further ado, pitter-patter, let's get at her. Okay, so before we do anything here, I just want to remind you to make sure that you follow and subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast listening platform you use, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon Music or any of the umpteen dozen other podcast listening platforms that exist out there. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that as soon as new episodes are released, you'll be notified immediately uh, that something new is there for you to listen to. And while you're there as well, I invite you to uh, uh, leave a review, leave a rating for the podcast. Even if you've got something not so great to say about the podcast, it's okay. I'm a, I'm a grown-ass adult. I can handle a little bit of negative feedback. I may mock you at a later time for your negative feedback if I don't necessarily agree with it. But please, uh, <laughs> put the negative feedback on there if you've got any. I'm totally okay with it because... Otherwise, how am I going to know that you as a listener are unhappy if you don't tell me you're unhappy? So again, uh, please, totally honest feedback, totally honest ratings, wherever it is you happen to be listening to it. Of course, you can also listen to the podcast directly on the website at jeffdoesvegas.com. Lots of great ways to listen on there. Lots of other cool stuff to check out on the website as well. There's some live cam feeds from the Vegas Strip and the Sphere and a few other spots like that. Um, There's information on the vegas.com program that I'm an affiliate with. So if you go on there and you buy... um, Uh, tickets to a show or uh, make a hotel reservation or even a hotel flight package, any of that stuff, actually get a little bit of a kickback from that. Be great if you guys were were using those methods to book your your trips and and your show tickets and stuff like that. Because again, it helps out the podcast. Um, Again, Vegas Book Club, there's lots of cool stuff on the website there as well. So make sure you go check it out there. And don't forget too, you can watch the podcast I have, over the last little while, started releasing video versions of the podcast at the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Vegas. You can go and subscribe there. Um, if you want to see my ugly mug and the beautiful shining faces of some of the incredible guests that I've had. And I got to say, it's it's been a lot of fun learning to do 
video versions of the podcasts. It's it's gotten pretty interesting over the last little while as people have started watching these. And and I've really enjoyed learning how to do video editing and, and learning how to put stuff together. So if you go back and you watch some of the very, very early video versions of these podcasts and then watch some of the stuff that's been more recently released, it's like a night and day difference between the two. So uh, again, just really invite you to go in and check that stuff out. Uh, again, youtube.com slash Jeff Does Vegas. I wanted to um, take the opportunity here to go back and highlight some of the recent episodes of the podcast and um, and just sort of fill you in on what's been happening on the show over the last little while. We've had some absolutely incredible guests, put out some some very, very cool episodes, had some great discussions and conversations. And uh, in case any of you have missed any of those, I just wanted to uh, to go back and, and update you on some of that stuff. So let's start with the most recent episode of the podcast entitled Hackers versus High Rollers, The Las Vegas Cyber Attack. This was so much fun to to research and, and put together. My guest for the episode was a guy by the name of F.C., and yes, that is his real legal name, FC. Uh, he's got that on his passport. He goes by the alias Freaky Clown. He is an ethical hacker. He's a cybersecurity and physical security expert. He's the co-founder of a, a company called Sygenta, which is a security firm that he actually uh, established alongside his wife. And he's the author of a book, a very cool book that I'd highly recommend you go read. It's called How I Rob Banks and Other Such Places. Um, he has done some very, very cool security work, and he wrote about it in this book, and, and it's really, really fun to read. Um, so we talked about this major cybersecurity hack that occurred in Las Vegas on the MGM Resorts properties back in September of this past year. It was, I think it was September 11th, 12th, somewhere around there. There was news that started to, to break about uh, MGM Resorts experiencing this, um, some, some cyber issues, some IT issues, if you will. And they said, yeah, you know what? Things have happened, but we've started shutting down systems to try to mitigate the damage and uh, things are are operational. Our, our resorts and properties are fully operational. That was not the story that was being told on social media. If you read stuff that was showing up on social media from people who were on the ground guests at MGM resorts, whether it was Mandalay Bay or the Bellagio or the Luxor or the MGM Grand, they were experiencing all kinds of crazy issues. Everything from um, full slot and gaming floors going down to uh, elevators not functioning properly. People were getting stuck in elevators because the room keys at the MGM resort properties, you may know this, you have to use your room key to access your floor room keys were not working, door locks for rooms were not working, um, uh, credit card systems, POS systems weren't working, check-in systems weren't functioning. People were standing in line for hours waiting to get themselves checked in for their room because they were actually manually checking people into the room. Some of that involved actually handwriting credit card numbers down, which brings up a whole different side of the story. Anyways, FC and I had a great conversation about the MGM Resorts hack. We talked about who was allegedly behind it. We talked about how it was done. We talked about social engineering, which um, is allegedly what was used in order to to do this. Social engineering was was an interesting conversation with FC because I think a lot of people think of cybersecurity when they think of social engineering, where basically you are 
using information to to bend people to your will. And I mean, social engineering is is not just cyber related. I mean, it's it's like sales. It's people who work in sales, any of the training that they do, a lot of that is essentially social engineering. Right down to your your toddler who pitches a fit in the grocery store because they want a chocolate bar or they want a toy. Um, that's essentially a form of social engineering. So anyways, uh, FC and I talked about social engineering, how it relates to, to security. Uh, we gave some advice on how to uh, prevent being a victim of it or how to avoid it when it comes to cybersecurity, not when it comes to your children. Neither of us are parenting experts, so we didn't go into any of that there. Uh, we talked about how you can beef up your own cybersecurity. Um including things like uh, multi-factor and two-factor authorizations for passwords, using a password manager to make your passwords more difficult. It should never just be the word password where you substitute the S's with dollar signs and the O with a zero. That's a crazy, crazy idea. Shouldn't be your pet's name. Shouldn't be any identifiable thing. So we talked a lot about that. We also talked about what to do if you become a victim of hacking yourself or a victim of ransomware, because that is a thing that seems to not just happen, of course, to the, the big corporations which make the news, but it happens to a lot of the everyday average person, whether it's that scam phone call you get from somebody claiming to be from an IT support desk that wants access to your home computer or um, the, the pop-up windows that pop up and say you've got viruses, click here, and you all of a sudden you have to input credit card numbers, things like that. We talked about all of that stuff. It was a really, really good conversation. Um, we also talked about FC himself and how he got into hacking and how he got into security. Some really, really fascinating stories there as well about the work that he does that's outlined in his book where he actually talks about being hired by organizations, whether those are uh, private organizations or governments or corporations or whatever, where they hire him to um, expose their security flaws. He's been hired to literally rob banks so again, some really, really cool stuff and a great conversation with FC. Uh, I had an awesome conversation with a gentleman by the name of Kevin Sucker. Kevin is the founder and creator of a band called the Docksiders. Uh, the Docksiders are America's favorite yacht rock band, and they are headlining in Las Vegas. They uh, spent some time with a residency at the now defunct Duomo over at the Rio and have recently moved over to Notoriety Live, um, downtown Las Vegas and Fremont Street. We had a great conversation about yacht rock. If you're not familiar with what yacht rock is, um, it is a booming genre of music. It's, I don't know if I call it necessarily a genre per se, more of like a format in that, you know, radio stations have formats. Well, Sirius XM satellite radio has a entire, uh, yacht rock channel. Um, there are radio stations all over the U S and Canada that do yacht rock. It's artists like, um, Christopher Cross, um, Michael McDonald, the Doobie brothers, um, Kenny Loggins, but not like, uh, not Danger Zone Kenny Loggins, but more like Loggins and Messina Kenny Loggins. Some really, really cool, smooth music that sort of evokes this emotion of of chilling on a yacht in the Hamptons. Anyways, we had a a, a great conversation about that. Um, we talked about what what Kevin's inspiration was to uh, create the Docksiders, who was behind bringing him to Las Vegas. There was a really, really great story there. Uh, we had a really, really in-depth discussion about the music industry today. Kevin and I are both like 
big time music nerds. Kevin's got it from the actual musician, producer, writer side of things. I have it more from the radio side of things, from the listener side of things. Sort of really good conversation. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, Kevin even shared a story from um, his very, very first ever trip to Canada, which involved my hometown of Winnipeg. He got to partake in a Winnipeg experience that really um, is is almost, I want to say uniquely Winnipeg. If you want to know what it is, you're going to have to go back and listen to the episode. It's titled Rockin' the Boat with the Docksiders uh, and my special guest, Kevin Sucker from the Docksiders. Um, I love having other Vegas content creators on my podcast. Something that I've found over the almost five years now that I've been doing this podcast is that the uh, Vegas creator community is very welcoming. At least it was. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've noticed a little bit of a shift over the last year or so where it's kind of slid a little bit to the negative side and people have gotten a lot more cutthroat with it, which is really unfortunate and frustrating. But anyways, that's a different topic for an entirely different podcast altogether. Um, I've had a lot of different content creators on. I've had vloggers on. I've had bloggers on. And as in the case for this particular episode, uh, podcasters. And a lot of this comes from an experience that I had when I was first getting started. Chris Kim, who was uh, the creator and host of Faces and Aces Las Vegas, which was such a great podcast. I took a lot of inspiration from Chris's podcast in putting together uh, Jeff Does Vegas in the way he um, had conversations with his guests and the people that he spoke to and, and just the general overall conversations that he had. I took a lot of inspiration from Chris. And when I, when I was first getting started, Chris reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to come on my podcast, talk about your podcast, talk about Vegas? We can come up with something to, to cross over and stuff. And so we did. And I really appreciated that because it brought a lot of people to my podcast. It, it was it was so great to do. Um, so now I like to do that for other Vegas podcasters. And Brian Ortega was so much fun to talk to. Brian recently launched a podcast called Concierge Confidential. Um, he's the creator and host of that podcast. And Brian is a longtime Las Vegas resident who spent a considerable amount of time working as a concierge at a major Las Vegas strip resort. So he's got a ton of inside knowledge about the city. And that's basically what he does with this podcast. He takes you inside the world of Las Vegas. He shares the stories of the people who live and work in Las Vegas, which is really, really cool. And then he also talks about hotels, restaurants, nightlife, um, events happening in the city. He's got all kinds of great tips and tricks. So we talked about what inspired him to launch the podcast. He shared a few stories from his days as a concierge, which was a lot of fun to hear some of those stories. And then I got him to kind of put the concierge hat back on for, for a bit. And he talked about some of his favorite shows and his favorite restaurants. And we talked about some tips and tricks on things to avoid and stuff like that. So again, Concierge Confidential, name of the episode and the name of Brian's podcast. I recommend both of those things uh, that you go and listen to both of those things. Next up, um, I did an episode about the Fountain Blue and uh, the episode titled From Eyesore to Eye-Catching, The Story of the Fountain Blue. And my guest for the episode was Eli Siegel, who is an investigative business reporter 
and former real estate reporter for the Las Vegas Review Journal. He's been covering real estate in Las Vegas for a very, very long time, uh, both uh, corporate real estate and uh, residential real estate. So if you're not Maybe you're new to Las Vegas, you haven't been going to the city for a long time, or 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 maybe even if you have, you just have never heard the story about this. If you've been to Vegas any time in the last like 15 years, um, and you've ever been to the north end of the strip, so up headed towards like Sahara, Circus Circus, lots of fun, uh, Resorts World is up there now, you've probably noticed this giant blue building that's there. And it has been there literally for 15 years. Um, it, it sat vacant and untouched for a very, very long time. That is the Fountain Blue. And it, and it really has a, a very interesting story behind it. And after almost a decade and a half now, Fountain Blue is getting set for its grand opening. This is coming up in December of 2023. So Eli and I went, in depth on the history of the Fountain Blue. We talked about the original ownership. We talked about what was behind the demise of the project originally. We talked about bankruptcies and bankruptcy sales and ownership changes and how it ended up back in the hands of the original ownership. We also talked about uh, what the impact of Fountain Blue opening is going to be on the north end of the strip. This part of Las Vegas Boulevard really since the demise of some of those um those big old school resorts that that disappeared uh like the Frontier and the Stardust and the Riviera all of those resorts which used to live up in that end I, I mean I remember my very first trip to Las Vegas my wife and I stayed at Circus Circus I know um we were young and we didn't have a lot of money and Circus Circus was cheap. So that was where we stayed. Uh, but we walked from Circus Circus all the way down to the the far end of, of the strip, like New York, New York. And we went to the Luxor and, and Excalibur and all that down at that end of the strip. But when we walked from Circus Circus down there, there were properties along there. There was stuff to see on, on that side of, of Las Vegas Boulevard. And since then, a lot of those... Um, those lots have just sat completely vacant and completely empty. So it's going to be very interesting to see if Fountain Blue kind of helps to revitalize that part of Las Vegas Boulevard. Resorts World opened up a couple of years ago. Doesn't seem to have had that much of an impact on that end of the strip, but who knows? Maybe Fountain Blue will. So Anyways, that's that was a great episode from I sort of eye catching the story of the Fountain Blue. I uh, recommend you go back and, and take a listen to that for a little uh, little history lesson. We also talked. I, I'm not going to lie. In addition to being a nerd in a lot of other areas, I'm also a bit of a real estate nerd. I like to play the real estate game. Whenever I I go and visit a city, I'll go on the local real estate website and kind of look and see what the housing costs are. And you know, I mean, not like I'm ever going to move there, but it's always just interesting. I, again, nerd pointing at myself nerd. Um, trip report by proxy with Viva Las Value. This was a really fun episode to put together, but it had a bit of a serious side as well. Sergio Portizan has been on the podcast uh, a couple of times before. Uh, Sergio is the creator of a website called Viva Las Value, which is all about doing Vegas like a high roller, but on a low roller degenerate budget. 
And I've had great conversations with Sergio in the past. He's one of my favorite people to uh, interact with on social media. He's one of my favorite Vegas content creators. He's always putting out great stuff. He does a great job when he is um, when he's in Las Vegas. He does an incredible job of posting on on X, formerly Twitter. Um, he does a great job with that. Uh, so it 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 had been a while since i had been to las vegas my last trip there was may of 2023 which is very odd for me i i had it all planned out this year that i was going to go once every couple of months but i just i haven't been able to go and i had kind of a negative experience at the end of may with my my trip there it wasn't all that great so um but sergio had been very very recently so I thought, you know what, I'm going to get Sergio on the podcast and uh, we are going to have a conversation about his trip. So we basically kind of followed the format that we follow when I do a trip report. We talked about his hotel experience, both on and off the strip where he stayed. We talked about his meals. We talked about the bachelor party that he was there with, with a bunch of Vegas virgins, people that had never been there before. And then the serious side of it, we also talked about um, he had a bit of an epiphany regarding his gambling habits. He had a very rough time on this trip with uh, gambling, and he found himself falling into uh, some somewhat, I guess you could call it destructive habits, and it didn't go well for him. So when he got back, when he when he finished this trip, basically as he was on the plane, he was writing this blog post that he just shoot posted right on the uh, the website as soon as the plane touched down in his hometown. And so after he did that, he got a lot of response, for the most part, positive about it uh, and about the realization and what he had done. So I wanted to have him on to, to talk about that as well. I thought it was really, really important to, to do so. Um, David Figler joined me for an episode. Um, David is the host of uh, CityCast Las Vegas, which is a, a daily podcast all about what's going on in Las Vegas. Daily podcast about Vegas just blows me away. I do this on a pretty much weekly basis and it is so much work. So I can't imagine what it would be like doing a daily podcast. But anyways, uh, David is a, a longtime um, Las Vegas trial lawyer who's been involved in some very uh, memorable cases in Las Vegas, and he's got some very notable clients in his portfolio as well. Uh, we talked about what it was like growing up in the shadow of the Vegas Strip, quite literally. He he grew up in Las Vegas. His, he shared a wall with the Stardust, I believe it was, which is crazy to me. Um, we talked about what it was like running away to college at 16 and writing the Nevada Bar at 23. Uh, he had a, a part in overturning a lap dance ban in Clark County, you're welcome, Las Vegas. And um, we also talked about what it's like hanging out with Flava Flav. Because believe it or not, Flava Flav, yes, Flava Flav that wears the big clock around his neck, uh, is one of David's clients, which was so cool. Anyways, uh, so I, I recommend you go back and check out the episode. My special guest, David Figler, uh, that was a, a great one. Um, very timely was this episode. Vegas cold case, the unsolved murder of Tupac Shakur, which is this much closer to being a solved case. Um, Kathy Scott joined me on this episode of the podcast. Kathy is the author of uh, the book, Killing The Killing of Tupac Shakur, Who Did It and Why? Um, this book is considered to be one of the best books ever written on the topic 
of Tupac's murder. Um, and it really is. It was an absolutely incredible book. Kathy had information that nobody else had. Um, at the time of Tupac's murder, um, Kathy was actually working as a reporter with the Las Vegas Sun, and she was one of the first people in the world to report Tupac's death. Of course, uh, he was shot while sitting in his car um, at uh, the corner of Flamingo and Coval, just off of the Vegas Strip. He died six days later at uh, University Medical Center. Kathy joined me to shed some really interesting light on the case. We we talked about um, the lead up to the shooting and the confrontation at the MGM Grand Casino between uh, Tupac Shakur and uh, and Suge Knight and and another group of individuals. We talked about that. We talked about the actual shooting itself and the location of the shooting uh, and how the crime scene moved from one place to another. The big thing that we discussed here was how the police completely screwed the pooch on the investigation. As she put it, it was like Keystone cops with these guys at times, like just an absolute nutshow when they were trying to do the investigation. It just did not work for them. And then we talked about recent developments in the case, including the execution of search warrants that led to a recent arrest. So... Again, it was a, a really interesting conversation to go back in this. It's been almost 30 years since Tupac's murder, and it, and it sat unsolved for all this time. As Kathy put it, in spite of a lot of evidence and investigation, and it just kind of seemed like police were putting up roadblocks, and it, it was just all kinds of issues. Anyways, very, very interesting conversation. Um, I loved chatting with Melody Sweets. Melody was... Uh, just a, a wonderful human being. Um, the episode titled The Sweet Things in Life with Melody Sweets. Now, Melody is a longtime Vegas entertainer. Um, she's been all over the world and um, and all over the city, and she was part of the original cast of Absinthe. Uh, she was the original Green Fairy who came out of the ceiling and sang, and it was just unbelievable. And she's got a, a long um, burlesque type performance that she's been doing for a long time. And she was so much fun to talk to. Uh, she's worked with a ton of different entertainers all over the world. She's been featured in the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition in the New York Times and Las Vegas Magazine. She's got pictures hanging all over the world. Just a, an amazing human being and a wonderful person to talk to. Uh, she recently launched an online series titled Sweets Spot which has what I have to say is the best tagline of any show in the history of the universe. The tagline is baking boobies and one evil donut. And the show has all of those things. <laughs> highly recommend you go and search it out on YouTube. We talked about the evolution of sweet spot from stage production to online show. We talked about some of the, the cool guest stars that show up in the show and some of the, the amazing people that she had the opportunity to work with on sweet spot. And we talked about the future of sweet spot as well. We could see a, a season two of sweet spot. And again, maybe even a, a live production of sweet spot. So very, very fun stuff there. Um, I was joined by John Katz of the Las Vegas Review Journal. And Johnny Katz has been on the, the podcast uh, once before, but I wanted to have him back to talk about season three of the Mobbed Up podcast. Now, Mobbed Up is one of my 
favorite Vegas podcasts of all time. And uh, previous two seasons were were incredible. Season one was all about um, Frank Rosenthal, Tony Spilatro, that sort of era of Vegas mob history and the Stardust and the Hole in the Wall gang and all that kind of stuff. Season two was about the mob connections to the Aladdin Hotel and the, the fight for control of the Aladdin between Johnny Carson and Wayne Newton. And season three, which features John Katzlametti's as the host, covers one of the most colorful characters in Vegas history, and that is Oscar Goodman. Oscar is a former mob attorney. He was actually the attorney for uh, Tony Spilatro and Frank Rosenthal. He represented a few quote-unquote characters uh, from that era of Vegas history. And then, of course, he was also the the mayor of Las Vegas. He served uh, two or three terms as mayor of Las Vegas and um, and accomplished some pretty incredible stuff as the mayor of Las Vegas. So it was great to to chat with John about that project and and learn about how he got involved in it. Um, the the amount of time that he spent sitting with Oscar Goodman, I think he said 17 or 18 hours that he spent sitting with Oscar a couple of hours at a time recording all these stories and recording these conversations with him. And, and of course, he shared some of the more memorable stories that that are in the podcast. Season three of Mobbed Up is available now uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. So I recommend you go check that out. And I recommend you check out my conversation with Johnny Katz as well. And then this was an episode of the podcast that... I don't know if it pissed a lot of people off or um, made a lot of people happy because I was finally speaking out about some of this stuff. Uh, And it wasn't me speaking out about it per se. It was my guest. The episode titled, What the Hell Happened to Vegas? And my guest was Sam Novak. Sam is the creator of Vegas Unfiltered. And uh, he's a columnist at Vegas411.com. This was his second time on the podcast. Sam is a really, really interesting dude who just pulls absolutely no punches when it comes to Las Vegas. And I kind of love that about Sam because when we had our first conversation and we talked about what he does, as he said, he's not doing it to, um, to shit on stuff that's bad. He's doing it to save people money, to save them from spending cash on something that's bad. If a restaurant is bad, he will say it's bad. If a show is bad, he will say it's bad. If a show is really bad, he'll say it's really bad. Anyways, Sam had written this article for for Vegas 411 titled, This is the Worst Time in History to Visit Las Vegas, basically outlining everything that's wrong with Las Vegas right now and at the time that that article came out. Um, And this kind of came on the heels of that bad experience that I'd mentioned in Las Vegas during my trip back in May of 2023, where I just said, you know, it felt the city felt off. Like it felt things were dirty and broken and people were rude and there was construction. And I felt like I was getting nickeled and dimed to death and and I kind of I started thinking maybe I was a little crazy. And then Sam's article came out. And I was like, oh no, I'm not crazy. This is everybody. So so we talked about um, construction chaos and and traffic types, both related to Formula One and and otherwise. Because I mean, it's not yes, Formula One caused a lot of headaches in Las Vegas. But let's be honest. If you're a visitor to Las Vegas, if you've been to the city any time over the last five years pre-COVID and and shortly after COVID, 
construction is not a new thing. Traffic is not a new thing in Las Vegas. F1 definitely exasperated, uh, exasper, exacerbated. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> exacerbated the problem, but it wasn't the only problem. Um, construction has always been a problem, but it just, it got so much worse surrounding this particular event. Uh, we talked about the skyrocketing costs of visiting Las Vegas. Room rates are up. Um, costs of meals and food and drink are up. I mean, I, I talked about my, my trip in March when I was in Vegas for a conference, the, the vacation part of that trip, which was just the first few days when my wife came down and joined me, that is one of the most expensive Las Vegas trips I've had in the last nine years of traveling to Las Vegas. I, I was just absolutely blown away by how expensive things have gotten. And I mean, I'm talking dumb stuff. Like I'm talking like a cup of coffee at the, the Henry in the Cosmo was $6 and it's just a regular cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Like it's nothing special. So anyways, we talked about that. Uh, we talked about being nickeled and dimed to death with constant fees and the out of control tipping. Like, let's be honest, tipping really, I, I have no problem tipping for good service, or if somebody has gone out of the way to assist me with something. But if you just pour me a straight, normal cup of coffee at Starbucks, I don't want to sound like an a-hole here, but why am I tipping you 20% on that already overpriced cup of coffee? Anyways, I know it's a, again, totally different discussion. And then the big question, Sam and I discussed about what is it going to take for Vegas to figure out that this is a problem, that there is an issue and if they do figure it out, are they going to fix it? The answer may surprise you. Anyways, should also add too that the What the Hell Happened to Vegas episode uh, is my second most downloaded episode of all time. Number two only to my interview with an escort, which was an episode that was released very, very early in the podcast back a few years ago. And uh, it was also the, the video views on the YouTube channel for that episode were just absolutely through the roof. So anyways, that's a little recap of some of the recent episodes of the podcast. I invite you to go back, take a listen to them. Uh, you can uh, find them wherever you listen to podcasts, again, Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere else, or jump into the archives at jeffdoesvegas.com. My wife and I are pretty much all set for our next Vegas trip. Now, I mentioned during the last one of these updates, the fall update, that I, I didn't have any Vegas trips on the calendar at that time. And that was 100% correct. It just, the fall was not a good time um, for me either on my own or um, for myself and my wife to try to get down to Las Vegas for a trip. So we went a very long stretch. The last trip we had to Vegas was all the way back in May. It was that, that sort of doomed Vegas trip that just didn't go well. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I'm a little apprehensive about my next trip coming up, which is planned for December 10th to 13th, 2023. This is uh, December trip in Vegas has kind of become a, an annual tradition for myself and my wife. We've only missed one. And that was in December of 2020 because of uh, COVID regulations. Obviously we couldn't um, head down to, to Las Vegas, but this is something that I have done pretty much every year since my 40th birthday and I'm turning 48 this year. So there we go. Um, this is uh, always a good trip. I, I love going to Vegas at this time of the year because generally 
It's a little bit quieter. Um, it's not quite as as crazy busy as it is during the the seasons around, uh, you know, summertime season and and things like that. Um, this is going to be shorter than our usual trip. I usually this time of the year like to do four or even five nights down in Vegas, just because it's a good time. We try to see a lot of friends and try to get around and do a lot. Unfortunately, just because of um, our schedules, both mine and my wife's schedule, we're only doing a three-night trip. So it, it's going to be a little bit dicey. I think it's going to feel like a, a bit of a rush trip. So this this also took a lot of effort to try to manipulate our schedules to really uh, make this work. So I, again, I'm really, really hoping that this trip goes goes well. We are going to be there right in the middle of NFR, the National Finals Rodeo, which is not something that I would normally do. So I am anticipating that it is going to be very, very busy down in Vegas during that time. Uh, I'm also anticipating a lot of cowboys. So that's going to be tough to to try to keep my wife from staring at all the cowboys in tight jeans. I'm not going to lie. She, she'll do that. You should see her here in Calgary during stampede time. It's, it's craziness. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. It's really not, uh, but it's going to be a, a busy time. As I say, the crowds usually in Las Vegas during these big events, they do tend to drive me a little nuts. So I am going to have to be exercising a lot of patience with, with this particular event. Um, there is stuff happening at the Thomas and Mack center at UNLV. That's just off the strip. So, uh, hopefully some of the crowds are going to be focused in that direction. There's viewing parties all over the city. So who knows, maybe my wife and I'll go and, and take in some, some NFR viewing. You never know. It's I'll grab my cowboy hat and boots. Maybe. No, it's not going to happen. Um, something I am thinking we are going to maybe take in though, because I've heard a lot about this in the past is Cowboy Christmas, which is like a big kind of marketplace event that they host at the, uh, the Las Vegas convention center. I've, I've heard people talk about this in years past. And, and as I say, usually I'm not there during NFR and my December trip, but NFR does this weird thing with the calendar where they, they go from like a Thursday to a Wednesday, the first Thursday of December to the, the second Wednesday of December or whatever it is. Anyways, this year, the first Thursday of December, December 1st is on a Friday. So what happens is the first Thursday of December is like a week later than it usually is, if that makes sense to you, because I'm kind of breaking my own brain explaining it. Anyways, long story short, too late. Um, I'm usually not there during this event. And I usually miss out on Cowboy Christmas. So my wife and I might actually go and check out Cowboy Christmas because, again, uh, we've heard a lot about it. And uh, it's so, so it's fun to check out new stuff, right? Because it gives me something different to talk about on the podcast. Speaking of different, hotel stay for this trip, we are staying at Caesars Palace, which we stayed at once before a few years ago, and it was okay. Um, and I don't know. I can't remember if I reviewed it for the podcast or not. I'm not sure if I had. I'd have to go back and look. But anyways, we are staying at Caesars Palace. Uh, despite NFR being on, I actually managed to snag a really good deal for this particular time period. Um, we got a, a Julius Tower Deluxe King room, and we're going to be paying about 30 bucks a night, which that doesn't suck. And of course, uh, full disclosure, I am a, a Founders Card member, so I've essentially bought my way into diamond status with Caesars, which means no resort fee. So this is like a legit $30 a night during a big event. I really couldn't turn this down. I booked this way back at the end of August when we were first sort of debating or planning on this trip. And at that time, 
uh, I managed to score this $30 a night deal. If I look at these rates now or these dates now, I should say, I'm not seeing anything close to those rates. They are significantly higher for those dates. So I think I just lucked into a, a really good rate. Uh, plans for this trip. We do have a lot of stuff planned for this trip that we're going to be trying to cram into a, a short period of time. Um, Show-wise, we will be attending Monday's Dark. I've talked about Monday's Dark at end on this podcast. Uh, so I'll give you the Coles Notes version. We call them the Coles Notes here in Canada, the Cliff Notes version, I guess, for my U.S. listeners and viewers. Um Friend of mine, very good friend of mine, fellow Canadian, now lives in Las Vegas, very active in the community in Las Vegas. Uh, he's involved with the Vegas Golden Knights, the Las Vegas Raiders with top-ranked boxing. Um, he used to be a, a, a lead in the show Rock of Ages when it was at the Venetian and at the Rio. Uh, he started this, this charity show that initially was once a month. It's now twice a month. It's called Monday's Dark. Hosts it on the first and third Monday of uh, every month, raises $10,000 at each of these events for a local charity. This year is the 10th anniversary of this event, and he hosts these huge uh, anniversary shows in December to, to close out the year every year. He highlights all the, the charities from the previous year, reveals all the charities for the upcoming year. It's a huge event. You never really know who's going to show up. A couple of years ago at one of these events, uh, Shania Twain was there, and she stole a dozen of my wife's butter tarts. It's not a euphemism. It's a true story. I have pictures. It happened. Anyways, um, it's happening this year at the Pearl Theater at the Palms. And we attended the Monday's Dark Show at the Palms last year, and it was incredible. Probably the best Monday's Dark anniversary show we've ever seen. It's just the venue is amazing, and the performances were incredible. It was just, it was so cool. And then we got to go up to uh, to Ghost Bar for the after party afterwards up on the, the top uh, of, of uh, the Palms, which was so, so cool. Anyways, uh, that is planned for this trip. Thinking about checking out the Sphere while we're there. So they've got this thing called the Sphere Experience that you can do where you get a little bit of a tour and then you get to watch this film that was shot specifically for the Sphere. Darren Darren Aronofsky is the director and he's directed a bunch of, of really big movies. He put together this specific film for the Sphere called Postcard from the Earth. And I've seen some video of this stuff. Now, here's where I, I will step in for just a second. I will freely admit to to shitting all over the sphere. That sounds weird when I say it like that. But over the course of the last year and a half or however long the construction has been going on for this thing, I'm not going to lie. I crapped all over it in social media. It it seemed like a dumb idea to me. I mean, it's going to be this 18,000 seat venue with the, they at that time they they didn't really have any performers confirmed other than you two. They said they were going to be showing films in there and I said, "So you're spending 1 and a half billion dollars on a, a 18,000 seat movie theater. What a load of crap." Then I started seeing videos coming out of this thing. It looks incredible. I'm not going to lie to you. It looks absolutely amazing. So uh, my wife and I may have to go and check it out. It's, it's kind of what I'm thinking. 50 bucks is, is the starting price range for tickets. And so, I don't know, we're going to look at it and see, and we'll, I'm going to make a, a, a I'm going to make a game day call on this. I'm not going to lie. I would love to see you too at, at the sphere. And again, I, I crapped all over it during the lead up to it. I was like, this is going to be the dumbest thing in the world. Then I started seeing the videos and it looks incredible. I actually have a friend of mine that I work with who went and saw you two at the sphere. And she said it was the most incredible mind blowing experience she's ever had. 
she's a huge U2 fan, but still she's had a mind blowing experience. So I don't know. We're, I'd love to see you two, but uh, two things. One, they are uh, not there for the full time that we are there. It's like we arrive on the 10th and leave on the 13th. Their last show is on the 9th and then they have a show on the 14th. So it's almost like they knew we were coming to town or like Jeff's coming to town. We got to get the hell out of here. He's going to tear this place up. That's not going to happen. I'll be in bed by 10 o'clock every night. Anyways, um, U2 is also really, really expensive. I could, I just can't justify the ticket prices for that. Um, if we don't do the sphere, we might actually go and see awakening at the win. Now, this is the show that, um, had all those terrible reviews initially when it was first put on at the win, it was a, a, a multi-million dollar disaster. Um, they actually closed it down twice to retool it. Well, I guess the retooling, um, third time's the charm when it comes to the reopening because it's getting really good reviews right now. And I've seen some video from it and some footage from it that people have taken from inside the theater and it, it looks really, really incredible. So uh, we may consider doing that. Also, thinking about maybe doing a Cirque show. Um, I've only ever been to one Cirque du Soleil show in all my trips to Vegas. Uh, that was uh, going to see Love many years ago. Uh, I went, I was by myself and I was like, what the hell? Why not? Let's go see a Cirque show. Got a decent ticket and managed to uh, get myself in for uh, a, a really good seat and a really good price. Why not? So uh, my wife has never seen a Cirque du Soleil show, so I feel like it's something that we absolutely need to do. So we'll we'll see what the tickets are like. And, you know, again, that's another one that's kind of a, a, a game day decision. There, there always tends to be a lot of tickets available, particularly at that time of the year. So We'll see. Maybe with Cowboy Christmas or NFR going on, uh, there may not be the same level of availability, but we'll look into it and see what we can see. Uh, Meal-wise, we have a couple of things planned already. Number one, I always like to have a nice fancy steak dinner for my birthday. I do that for my birthday every year. And so far, we have been to Golden Steer and we've been to Oscars downtown. Uh, last time we were in Vegas in December last year. And as a matter of fact, we went to uh, the steakhouse at Circus Circus. It was outstanding. I never would have guessed that there was a decent steakhouse at Circus Circus. This year, we have booked reservations at Scotch 80 Prime at the Palms. And we're going to go there for dinner before we go to the Monday's Dark 10th anniversary show. I've heard incredible things about Scotch 80 Prime. And in looking at their menu, oh, it looks so outstanding. I'm I'm like drooling just sitting here talking about it right now. It's so it looks so good. Anyways, um, that's the plan for the big fancy dinner. Otherwise, we'll probably check out some of our our usual spots like Husong's, uh, Husong's Cantina in Mandalay Bay. That's one of our favorite places for Mexican. Rira Irish Pub in Mandalay Bay as well is always a great time. I love going in there, having a pint, having a bite to eat, hanging out with the Black Donnellys. I love Dave and Dave of the Black Donnellys. So it's always good to go in and say hi to them and, and take in one of their little shows. Um, Village Cafe in Ellis Island, also a spot that we usually try to hit for breakfast. We missed out on it in March last year um, because of the uh, debacle that was the elevators uh, or the inclinators at the Luxor, where it took us like 25 minutes just to get off of our floor one morning. <laughs> if, if you want to hear that story, go back and listen to the March trip report episode. Um, 
it, it was not a good one. Anyways, we missed out on Ellis Island last time. So we'd like to go back. And this is the time of the year, too, where they bring in the holiday nog. And the Ellis Island eggnog is just oh, so good. I love it. If I could bring home a bottle of it uh, from from Vegas back home to Canada, I I would. But unfortunately, it just, it uh, you know, shipping and Canada customs and all that stuff, it's, it sucks. Anyways, um, it's always a good place. Uh, we also, I think we're going to try and do Lou's Cafe again, or Lou's Diner, I should say, which is just off the strip over on Decatur Boulevard. Uh, we went there for breakfast one morning during our trip back in March, and it was incredible. The portion sizes were were huge. The value was great. The service was wonderful. It's like a total locals hole in the wall kind of place, and it was it was so much fun and such a good experience. So I think we'll uh, we'll try and do there. Keeping in mind for this trip too that um, with NFR being in town. Things might be a little bit busy, so we'll probably start looking at some reservations for other places at this point, because this is the thing that we've run into on a couple of trips recently, is we're like, you know what, let's go for dinner, let's go here, booked, full. Oh, okay, let's go here instead, hour and a half long wait. So that's the kind of stuff that we want to try to avoid for this trip, just because, again, we are uh, cramming so much into this vacation, or so, so much into a short period of time, I don't want to spend an hour and a half sitting in somewhere waiting for, for dinner. So anyways, um, things that we're going to try and do on this trip, we haven't really planned much out as of yet. I'm thinking we are going to try to focus off the strip this time around. Um, Springs preserve and the Nevada state museum are a couple of things that have been on our radar for a while. Um, we were actually going to try and do Springs Preserve back in March, but the weather was kind of iffy and there's a lot of outdoor stuff. So, uh, we didn't really want to do that Maybe the same thing this time around as well, being that it's December, uh, the weather is always a little bit cooler and sometimes it does rain at this time of the year. So again, I'm not sure if we're going to want to go and spend a bunch of time outside if the weather's going to be lousy, but my wife and I are massive museum nerds. You've probably heard me talk in the podcast before about other places that we've gone, the Mob Museum and the Atomic Testing Museum and museums that we visited in other cities when we've traveled. And, um, and so, uh, Nevada State Museum is something that, that again, has been on the radar for a while that we may try and go and check out this time around. Um, on the Strip, we are definitely going to go to the Bellagio Conservatory. That is always a highlight for us. Um, it's such a great spot to go. They always do. The Bellagio does an incredible job changing it out uh, seasonally. And of course, the going into the Christmas season and the holiday season, they do an absolutely amazing display. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Probably head out to one of the outlet malls, either the North or South Outlet Mall, go and check on the deals, see if we can uh, score a, a, some deals on some some shopping. Um, not going to be bringing a whole lot back because we're just doing small suitcases this time, but yeah, sometimes you can get some deals. The, the biggest problem with us as Canadians uh, going going shopping is because of the terrible Canadian dollar, um, we have to basically take the price and add 25% to it. And then you got to think, okay, is this actually a deal? Is, is this, is this price on these shirts actually a deal or, uh, am I, am I not saving any money by buying it here and I could buy it home without having to deal with an exchange rate? So that's something we have to keep in mind. And then the other thing too, we'll probably get off the strip and head out to Summerlin. We have some friends who live in Summerlin, which is always fun to go and visit them. And the last time we were there, we went to, um, Red Rock Casino which was just 
a really, really cool place to go. Uh, I was blown away by how amazing that property was. It was such a great spot to be. Um, they had some great restaurants and so the casino was nice and their pool area was gorgeous. We just walked out and, and checked out the pool just to see what it looked like. And it was a, an absolutely amazing spot to go. And, uh, they got a bowling alley. So who knows? Maybe we, uh, we rent some shoes. We grab uh, one of those, those, those big bowling balls and, and we, uh, we bowl a few frames at Red Rock. Who knows? The world is our oyster when it comes to this next particular Las Vegas trip. Okay, so in the last couple update episodes that I put together, I have teased the idea of bringing back Sin City stories. And I have some very exciting news about this. Mark your calendars. January 1st, 2024 is going to see the official launch of Sin City Stories, Vegas True Crime. <laughs> yes! This is going to be so much fun. Now, uh, for those of you who aren't totally familiar, Sin City Stories was a project that I put together back during um, the early days of the COVID-19 shutdown. And because of all the travel restrictions that were in place, me coming from Canada, I couldn't get down to Las Vegas, but I still wanted to keep working on something. So I started doing some research into Las Vegas history, and I put together, it was seven episodes that I managed to get together um, that focused on various stories from Las Vegas' past. We talked about the history of the Flamingo, the fire at the MGM Grand, um, the atomic history of Las Vegas, which became very, um, very topical this past year with, um, very relevant, I should say, this past year with the release of uh, the movie Oppenheimer. Um, we talked about some of the failed building projects in Las Vegas. It was a lot of fun to put these episodes together. But now uh, we are evolving Sin City stories to focus on, as I like to say, the more sordid tales from Las Vegas's history. And the fun thing about it is I'm getting some help on this. I'm so excited about this. Um, Megan and Anthony Smith, who are the creators of the website Mayhem in the Desert, which is a, a Las Vegas true crime blog that takes very deep dives into murders, arsons, bombings, kidnappings, and other mayhem that has helped to shape the history of Las Vegas. Um, Here's the thing about the Sin City Stories episodes and, and the past ones. They are very, very production heavy. Um, they take a lot of time to put together. The actual production portion is, is very, very work intensive because I'm working with uh, multiple audio files. I'm working with music. I'm working with sound effects. I'm working with all of these different things. And so again, it's, it's a lot of work to actually get these put together. But the biggest part of the work is the research. It is hours and hours of researching, going into websites, reading papers, collaborating information, going back and forth between different sources because website A might say one date, website B says another date. So Megan and Anthony 
have done such an incredible job of of doing the research already. And and I've had Megan and Anthony on the podcast a few times. We've had a couple of different topics with them. We talked about most recently uh, the Boomtown episode. We talked about bombings in Las Vegas. And after we finished doing that episode, we were chatting afterwards. And, and Megan and Anthony said, okay, we have been talking for the last three years, since the first time I had them on the podcast, we've been talking about collaborating. And, and I have always said that the work that they've done and the, the blog posts that they've put together are like ripe for adoption, uh, adaptation, I should say, to podcast. I mean, they have done so much research. The Megan and Anthony are, are an incredible couple. They, um, they use source material for the stuff that they're doing. They go to the Las Vegas Clark County Library. You know those those microfiche machines that you see in movies now, but like if you're of my age, you remember them from actual libraries where you go like zoop, 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 and the pages fly by and stuff and you're reading newspaper articles. They go and they get that stuff. Um, they've gone to the UNLV Digital Collection and gotten information out of there. They've reached out to the Las Vegas Historical Society and, and gotten information from there. Not only that, Megan and Anthony are both uh, born and raised Las Vegans, and they have family connections to some of these stories. So again, after we talked the last time, Megan and Anthony said, okay, that's it. We're doing this. We need to do this collaboration. And I said, yes, yes, we do. And so we've, we've had a couple of meetings and, and we've actually, um, sat down and chatted about what we want to put together. Uh, we've gone back and forth like a billion times on email. And again, we've gotten together on zoom a couple of times and, and I want to share something with you right now. Um, and for the people who are, are listening to this podcast, uh, you're going to have to go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jeff does Vegas and check out the video version of the podcast to see what it is. I'm holding up in front of the camera. Look at that, that right there. You know what that is? Those are scripts. People, those are finished, written, completed scripts for the first, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five episodes of Sin City Stories, Vegas, True Crime. <laughs> I love it. It's so much fun. As a matter of fact, first two episodes of the series are already in the canon fully produced. That is how excited and anxious I was to get this going. As soon as I got the first script from Megan and Anthony, um, I like, I jumped in my voice booth studio and I started voicing it and I laid it all out. And then I jumped onto my, my, my editing and I put it all together and I grabbed the music and the sound effects and I created this whole audio landscape of the whole thing. And I, I sent the first like five minute teaser clip to Megan and Anthony. I said, you guys, listen to this. Tell me what you think. And they were like, dude, that's incredible. Okay. I don't think they actually said dude. Cause they're way too cool to use the word dude. But anyways, they were like, dude, that is so good. We love it. And it sounds so great. That's out of So anyways, uh, needless to say, uh, Sin City Stories Vegas True Crime is happening January 1st, 2024. Mark your calendars for that. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so looking forward to this. Um, but here's the thing with this, the new Sin City Stories Vegas True Crime happening, uh, the website, SinCityStoriesPod.com, where Sin City Stories is currently housed, um, the original seven episodes, they are going to be disappearing from that site. You're still going to be able to find them in the Jeff Does Vegas podcast feed, but the SinCityStoriesPod.com website and, and podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places, 
Um, that is going to be exclusively uh, Sin City Stories, Vegas True Crime. So again, mark your calendars, January 1st, 2024, in collaboration with MayhemInTheDesert.com. It's Sin City Stories, Vegas True Crime. So excited to share. So here we are rocketing towards the end of another year with a, a brand new year right around the corner. That means it's time for the annual year in review episodes. This is something that I started doing a few years ago. Um, it's just a great way to, to look back on the conversations that we've had here on the podcast over the course of the last 12 months and reshare some of those highlights. And in case maybe you missed something, you want to go back and take another listen to it. This is uh, your opportunity uh, to do so. As usual, breaking it out into um, multiple categories and, and different episodes with a, a brand new category this year, starting off with Vegas Entertainers. This is um, my chance to reshare some of those conversations that I had with the various performers and Vegas headliners who are featured on the podcast this year, including the likes of uh, Petra Massey, who is uh, one of the leads in Spiegel World's Atomic Saloon. That was such a great conversation. It was so much fun getting to know Petra and hearing about her career. Um, Matt Franco, who, of course, is uh, America's Got Talent winner and uh, magician. He's got his own theater at The Link, does an incredible show. Getting to meet him was uh, was a treat. Uh, Melody Sweets, who I mentioned earlier in this episode, of, of course, uh, uh, Vegas entertainer and um, host of uh, The Sweet Spot, uh, her online show on YouTube. Very, very cool. And then we had a, a couple of great entertainment-related conversations, including the chat that I had uh, with uh, with Vin from Bronx Wanderers, uh, Vincent John, who uh, we had a, a great chat. We sat down at the Luxor in the lounge. Uh, I had a beer, he had a martini, and uh, we talked about the state of entertainment in Las Vegas. And um, some pretty controversial stuff. He had a few hot takes in there. So that was a fun one. So we'll be sharing that. Um, Vegas content creators. I love having a bloggers, podcasters, authors, bloggers, all of those people uh, on the show. So again, going to be resharing clips from some of those conversations I had with the likes of Sam Novak from Vegas 411, uh, John Curtis, who's a, a great uh, food critic and food podcaster, and Adam Bauer, travel fanboy. I love having Adam on the show. Uh, the last couple of years, we've done an annual sort of um, predictions about what's happening in Las Vegas, things that have happened over the past year, things like that. A lot of fun. I'll probably plan on having Adam back again in the new year here if, if he'll come on. Hopefully he will. Um, so we'll reshare some of those conversations. New category for this year that I'm putting together, something called Vegas Adjacent. So these are the topics that I covered that weren't necessarily direct Las Vegas topics but that I was able to tie into Las Vegas. So for example, we covered uh, accessible travel and accessible Las Vegas and the ability to uh, travel to Las Vegas as a, a person uh, who uses a wheelchair to get around or has mobility issues. So that was a, a great conversation. We talked about Janet Airlines and Area 51. Um, again, Janet Airlines, the secret airline that operates out of McCarran International Airport. Um, then we also had a conversation, a very serious conversation about human trafficking, which it was really, really interesting. So that again, those are just a few of the ones that we covered uh, over the course of the last 12 months. 
And then, of course, Vegas history, which is always such a, a, a great topic to cover here on the podcast. Um, we talked about Benny Binion. We talked about Liberace. We talked about the mob's involvement in the entertainment business. We talked about WrestleMania 9, celebrated its 30th anniversary this year. So again, some very cool Vegas history stuff. So those year-in-review episodes, again, those are going to be released starting on December 4th. You'll see a new one of those every week uh, show up in your podcast feed. Uh, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Now, 2024, what is in the works for 2024? Well, I've got a few ideas already. Um, I'm thinking of putting together an episode about the infamous Black Book. You've probably heard this mentioned in movies or pop culture, where it's essentially, it's the the book of people who are are banned from going into a casino, so you actually, I believe it's actually mentioned in the movie Casino. Um, uh, Joe Pesci's character uh, talks about um, uh, being in the Black Book and getting put in the Black Book. And now he's so old, Al Capone's still in the Black Book. Um, so anyways, I want to talk about the history of the book, maybe some of the famous or infamous people who uh, were in the book, whether or not the book still exists today. My understanding is it does. Um, I've got some ideas about some guests for this. So once I have a little bit more info on that, I'll share those with you. Um, something else that I want to talk about and cover, and this has been a, a topic that's come up. I've seen a few times uh, in various uh, Vegas Facebook pages that I'm on is the people that get taxed when they win a jackpot in a casino. And I experienced this a few years ago where um and this is kind of a new thing for like folks like myself who are from Canada and people from the UK and such here in Canada, we don't get taxed on lottery winnings or casino winnings or game show prizes or any of that kind of stuff. That's not a thing here in Canada. If I go to the corner store and I buy a lottery ticket and I win a $1 billion jackpot, they will give me a billion dollars and they will give it to me all at once. That's just how that works. None of this stuff where it's like you get taxed on it. And if you take a, a lump sum payout, it's a different amount than if you take like a, a, a term payout and the blah, none of that bullshit. I want my billion dollars. So as a, a Canadian in a casino in the US, I won a hand pay a few years ago at the Flamingo on a dollar slot. I won just over that. Um, that jackpot threshold, which I think is 1300 bucks or for $1,200 or something. I was just over it. Anyways, those buggers withheld taxes on me, which is crazy to me. So in order to, there's a process that as a, a, a foreigner, or as they call it, a non-resident alien, uh, which I think is so much fun, um, can go through to actually get that money back. So I want to talk to somebody about that. I want to, I want to have somebody on to have a conversation about the whole experience of what it takes to actually get that money back and how you go about doing it and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to look at doing that in the new year, probably a, a, a very timely thing to do early in the year, because um, my understanding is, and this is what I went through is you have to file the tax return for the previous year. Um, so like you'd be filing your 2023 tax return in 2024. Anyway, I'm going to go into all that. I want to learn about what it takes uh, to actually get that money back. And then, um, of course, the December trip report. Provided the December trip happens, uh, there's a few things that may prevent it from happening. Uh, if the December trip happens, I will do a December trip report uh, episode as well. Um, 
other ideas for 2024. I don't really have anything concrete as of yet. Uh, I do have some plans to reach out to a few different Vegas headliners and Vegas entertainers. Uh, lots of ideas for more Vegas history. I know you guys love the Vegas history stuff. Those are usually some of the most listened to episodes in the podcast feed. So I love putting together those Vegas history episodes for you guys. Something else that I'm probably going to do this year as well is more of those trip report by proxy episodes. Um, similar to what I did with, uh, with Sergio from Viva Las Value, where I have other people come on and give uh, Vegas trip reports. Uh, so I'll probably reach out to some of my favorite uh, Vegas uh, vloggers and bloggers and podcasters to talk about their Vegas trip reports. And there is a reason for that. Um, I am probably not going to be doing a whole ton of trips to Las Vegas this year. If I get a couple of trips in, um, I will be absolutely thrilled. And but But there's a reason behind that. So this year, uh, my wife and I are celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. So in the past, we have done uh, big vacations. That's kind of our treat to ourselves is for these anniversaries, for these sort of um, benchmark anniversaries, if you will. I don't know. I'm sure if that's the word I'm looking for, but my brain is is pointing me towards benchmark. Um, we've done big vacations. So for example, our 15th anniversary uh, we went to England and the Netherlands, and just an incredible trip. We spent two weeks overseas and, and toured through the UK and, and toured through the Netherlands and stuff. It was a gorgeous trip. That was our 15th anniversary. Our 20th anniversary, we went to New York City. We spent nine days in New York City. We went to like four shows and we toured all around. We saw so many attractions. We went to a Yankees game. We went to Central Park. We went to the Met. Uh, we went up to Top of the Rock. We did the NBC studio tour. All the 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 cool stuff. We went and saw the Ghostbusters house because that was the thing I had to see. Um, saw the Statue of Liberty, rode the Staten Island, did all the things, right? Like that was our, our, our 20th anniversary trip uh, back in uh, 2019. This year, 25th anniversary, we are going to do uh, a self-driving tour of Iceland, which Iceland is one of those places that uh, it's been on our radar to go to. Um, it actually, it kind of came in a weird way of how we, we landed on Iceland. Initially, we were going to try and go and do uh, a Formula One race. My wife and I are both big Formula One race fans. I know that's probably not a popular opinion to have with a lot of people in Vegas right now, but we are. But one of the stipulations was we didn't, we weren't going to go to like, we wanted to go to a real race, as my wife put it, which meant not going to Miami, not going to Austin, not going to Vegas, and not even going to Montreal. Montreal race is a great race, but we wanted to go somewhere. So we actually toyed with the idea of going to uh, the Netherlands and going to the Dutch Grand Prix. And then we watched the Dutch Grand Prix this year and it rained a lot, <laughs> like a lot. And the people that were in the stands wearing their rain ponchos, uh, they seemed happy enough, but I just looked at that and went, I would not be happy if I spent thousands of dollars to be in Zandvoort for the Dutch Grand Prix and it poured rain the whole time. And I, uh, was soaked to the bone and had to figure out how I was going to get back to wherever it was I was staying, whether that was in Amsterdam or in Zandavor and I was walking or cabbing or training or whatever. No, forget it. I would rather watch the race at home on TV. So, uh, 
F1 race out the window. That wasn't going to happen anymore. So Iceland was somewhere that we've, we've heard such incredible things about. And it was a place that we thought, you know what, this is a place I'd really like to go to and would like to see it. And so we thought self-driving tour would be a lot of fun. And the first thing I Googled was, do they drive on the right side of the road in Iceland? And by right, I meant correct as in correct in my brain. And they do. So that makes it a little bit easier to for me to, I'm not going to go to the UK. I'm not going to go to Ireland and try and drive on those tiny little roads on the wrong side of the road, driving manual transmission. That is not happening. So Iceland was where we landed on. Now, needless to say, Iceland is a very expensive trip. Uh, the airfare is expensive. The tour package is expensive. All of the things are expensive, but it's our wedding anniversary. So of course we're going to do things right. We're going to do it upright. We're going to, we're going to book this properly. Um, but that means having to cut in other places. And unfortunately it sounds like that is going to mean Vegas vacations are scaled way back for this year. I'm thinking I might get two trips to Vegas this year, which means very few trip reports. So as such, I'm going to try to do more of these trip report by proxy deals, um, which, you know what, I think is actually a good thing. I've had a few listeners comments saying that um, I do the same things over and over again in my, my, my trips and they're not wrong. Um, I mean, you can only do so many trips to Vegas and stay at so many new hotels and eat at so many new restaurants. Right. I mean, I, again, I know that there are hundreds of, of restaurants or thousands of restaurants and hundreds of hotels that I could be staying at but I have my favorites and those are the places I stay. And so it, it is getting somewhat repetitive and people have different opinions on things from me. And I think it's important to actually share those opinions. So again, I'm going to reach out to some of my, my Vegas content creator friends and other people in the, the Vegas content space and get them to come on the podcast to, to share these little uh, trip report by proxies. They're going to follow the exact same format as my trip reports. We'll cover hotels, shows, food, attractions. I'm even going to get them to include some of their thoughts and observations as I like to do when I do my trip report episodes. So we're going to get that all out. I may even consider, and this I think is kind of cool, but I may even consider asking listeners to come on the podcast to do trip reports. That's another thing that I've had people ask me about. And I tried to do it in the past, but the logistics of it seem to be a bit of a nightmare. So I'm hoping that maybe I can make that happen. So just pay attention to, um, to, to the, the podcast and, and social media. And if I start doing that, if I start soliciting for listeners to come on and share their Vegas trip reports with me, um, you guys will know for sure. And I think that's going to be a, a, a lot of fun with that. 2024 is also going to see me focusing on a few other podcast projects as well. Of course, the aforementioned Sin City Stories, Vegas True Crime, that is uh, is going to take up a, a lot of time here. Uh, I've got the five episodes already. The script's already written. First two episodes are completed. Um, powering ahead to work through, looking at a 10-episode series run, and then lots of other content that um, Megan and Anthony from Mayhem in the Desert and myself are going to work on. So that's going to take up a lot of stuff. And again, I've got a couple of other projects that I'm I'm looking at as well. So it is entirely possible that for 2024, I might be considering a bi-weekly 
release. So releasing a new episode every two weeks instead of every week. This year, 2023, I actually managed to release uh, content of some sort, an episode of some sort every single week with the exception of one week this year. And that was right after I'd returned from the podcast conference in Denver where I managed to catch COVID. <laughs> I came home with COVID and it really knocked me on my arse uh, this time around. So um, that's the only week this entire year that I haven't released a, an episode. And it was a lot of work putting together those episodes and and planning things and booking guests and fitting in interviews and and fitting in editing time and especially now that I've added video to the the episodes as well it has just added that extra that extra layer of of work um and it it's it's taking that extra bit of time so again i'm looking at maybe scaling back to a bi-weekly release schedule we'll see again all of this stuff, you guys being the the great listeners that you are, I will absolutely 100% uh, keep you in the loop on all of this stuff. Uh, you just have to make sure that you are are paying attention to the podcast and paying attention to uh, all the social media feeds. As I say, going to keep you in the loop for all of this stuff. All right, so it is time to uh, officially wrap things up for this special bonus episode of the podcast. Uh, before I let you go, though, I just want to uh, say a big thank you uh, to everybody who has been listening and supporting and watching the podcast uh, over the course of the last 12 months. 2023 has been the biggest year in the podcast history. We've had crazy download numbers for this year. Um, we are officially, we're up over 200 uh, total episodes. We're, we're up like 250,000 total downloads now. Um, we've had the most downloads and the most listens ever in 2023. Just some absolutely crazy months. So uh, thank you. I would not be able to uh, to do this without you guys as, as listeners. I've said this before. When I first launched this podcast five years ago, almost five years ago now. Um, it was just a passion project. It was a hobby. It was something I was doing for fun. And it just continued to grow and grow and grow. And it has been so much fun being able to share all this content with, with you guys, the listenership, the people who are just ridiculously passionate about Las Vegas, the same level of passion. Some of you even more so crazy passionate about it than I am. And, um, and so thank you again, without you guys, this, none of this would be possible. Of course, without my guests from the, the last year, none of this would be possible as well. We've had some incredible guests on this podcast and just some amazing people who have, um, graced me with their presence, both, uh, virtually we've done a lot of remote interviews this year and in person as well. When I've done Vegas trips over the course of this year, I've, I've been able to take the time to actually go and sit with people and, and chat face to face with them. And it's been so much fun to be able to do that. So again, without you, the listenership and without you guys, the guests of this podcast, none of this uh, would be possible. Um, if you haven't already done so, please, please, please follow the podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. I want to make sure you follow it, subscribe to it. So again, when those new episodes are released, you'll get that notification immediately that there's a new episode and you can go and check it out. 
ask you to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash Jeff Does Vegas. Um, video versions of the podcast on there, plus some other cool stuff as well. Uh, occasionally when I get inspired by something, I may throw together a video and put it on there, maybe even stream live on there as well. So uh, make sure you go and, uh, and subscribe to that. Be sure to uh, follow on social media at Jeff Does Vegas. We are on all the big social media channels. Uh, we're on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, X, formerly Twitter, although that may go away in the new year. Still just contemplating that. Um, and Threads. We're on all of those social media platforms, so I invite you to go and follow there. Um, if you haven't signed up to be a Jeff Does Vegas insider as of yet, that is still something that I invite you to do as well. Uh, you can uh, link to that from the website at jeffdoesvegas.com. Um, very, very small subscription fee, like $5 US a month, gets you access to uh, commercial-free versions of the podcast, uh, gets you early access to new episodes, still working on some cool extra content there as well. A thank you to everybody who uh, has signed up to be a Jeff Does Vegas insider already as well. Every little bit helps there, and it helps to, to offset some of the costs of the podcast, so that is great as well. Um if you have ideas for uh, content on the show, if you've got uh, topics you'd like me to, to cover, if you've got guests you think would make really cool guests that you think I should reach out to about coming on, or you've just got general comments, questions, concerns, anything you want to share with me, please uh, reach out to me. You can get me on social media. You can send me a direct message through social media or just send me an email directly, jeff at jeffdoesvegas.com. That's the email address you can get me at. Um, thank you again for an incredible 2023. It has been just an awesome year. It's been so great sharing all this time with you and sharing all this content with you guys. It's been so much fun and uh, cheers to a massive 2024, which by the way, is going to mark five years of the Jeff does Vegas podcast, five years of uh, sharing great Vegas content with you guys. So again, Thank you for everything. Thanks for checking out this very special bonus episode of the podcast. Have an outstanding one. I appreciate you all. I love you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.